My name is Erin, and this is my mental health story. To be honest, I don't know where to begin or how much of my mental health journey I'm ready to share right now. And if I'm really honest, at first I didn't even want to do this episode. I was afraid to be vulnerable and talk about the painful, dark valley that I've walked through. The valley that I still find myself in sometimes. But I'm here. I'm here to tell my story because I'm still here. I'm living and breathing, and that is a reason to share. I'm not going to share all of the details of what I've walked through, but what I will share will be vulnerable, real, and authentic. And disclaimer, I'm still on this journey. I have not arrived. I do not have all the answers. I still battle depression and anxiety. I'm still recovering from an eating disorder. I'm still grieving. I'm still in pain. But I'm still here, and that's more than enough to continue to carry me through and give me hope for tomorrow. If you know me, you know that writing is my passion, so I decided to write out what I've walked through and share it with you. I hope that after listening to my mental health story, you will be encouraged and find hope in the midst of your own story. I didn't know what depression was until physical pain revealed the deep emotional pain I had buried for far too long. I was 24 years old with the heart of a 10-year-old who had just lost her brother. I had never grieved the loss of Hunter. That 10-year-old girl didn't know what grief was, let alone have the ability to process the pain. And so she hid behind a mask of strength and perfection. That's how my mental health story began. Perfectly hidden depression. But I didn't know the depths of my pain until 14 years later. I painted a smile on my face so no one could see the pain. I was Kelly Tough, so no one would know I was falling apart. I strived for perfection to try to keep everything within my control. I hid my pain so well from others that eventually I hid it for myself. It became my normal. But I'm thankful that I had a place to run with my pain. I knew that God could hold my hurt, and so I brought my burdens to Him. I didn't know where else to go. I clung to Him as my lifeline because he was. Somewhere along the way, anxiety became an unwanted friend. There was a lot that filled my anxious heart. Grief, fear of more loss, brokenness, the expectations of others, physical pain, and living in a world where everything felt out of control. When I was a junior in high school, I started down a road that would take perfectionism and my longing for control further than I ever intended I would go. Body image and food were my new perfection projects. Eat perfect, get perfect results. But that was a lie. What started as wanting to be healthy turned into a very unhealthy obsession and eventually an eating disorder. But I didn't realize until years later that what I was doing was the furthest thing from healthy. In fact, it was hurting me. It continued throughout college, but became a hidden addiction that I didn't know was there. My anxiety grew daily while pain continued to take root in my heart. And then my dad was diagnosed with cancer, not once, but three times. Each diagnosis brought all-consuming fear, fear that I would lose him. But again, I ran to God for comfort. He met me there and carried me when I felt too weak to go on. Don't get me wrong, I was still afraid. I still battled anxiety, but I had a place to run. Even though I was never alone in my pain, there were seasons where I felt utterly alone. But I knew that no matter what I faced, God was by my side. And through each season, He brought people into my life that He knew I needed. 
One of those people would become my husband. Parker and I met in 2014 and got married in 2018. His love for Jesus was reflected in how he loved me. God blessed me immeasurably more than I could have ever imagined. But marriage didn't come without heartache. Within the first year of our marriage, we were faced with the painful reality of what in sickness and in health really means. Two months after we got married, my dad was diagnosed with cancer for the third time. Parker and I lived in and out of the hospital and hotel in New York City with my mom, while the three of us helped care for my dad. Then, at the beginning of 2019, everything seemed to fall apart, and I fell into deep depression. The pain I had buried for all those years finally made its way to the surface. I could no longer hide it, bury it, or numb it out of existence. I could no longer fight against grief. I had to face it. I couldn't hide my hurt because it needed to be healed. I couldn't continue to bury my brokenness if I wanted to experience breakthrough. I continued to try to numb the pain, but it persisted, refusing to be ignored. With depression came overwhelming anxiety, including panic attacks that felt like heart attacks. There were moments when I thought I was going to die and moments when I wanted to die. The agony of anxiety was overwhelming and the darkness of depression felt debilitating. I sought counseling and doctors and medication. I tried outpatient and residential treatment. I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and anorexia. And a year later, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, which causes all sorts of painful physical symptoms and also significantly impacts your mental health. All of these are hidden illnesses. I can make the outside look beautiful, but the inside was broken. Not only did I battle mental and emotional pain, but physical pain too. They all combined to create the perfect storm of suffering. In the midst of it all, I continued to go to God, but there was a season where I felt abandoned by Him, a season where my worship was simply a whisper and my prayers were uttered through tears. For a time, I was angry at God. I ran from Him rather than to Him. I ran after the things of this world to give me counterfeit comfort and temporary relief. I couldn't fathom how He could allow me to suffer such immense pain. I was angry, broken, hopeless, desperate. But although I felt alone and abandoned by God, He was showing up in places and faces all around me. He brought amazing community into my life. People who walked alongside me through the valley. People who loved me despite my brokenness. People who forgave me for the pain I caused them out of my own pain. People who refused to give up on me when I wanted to give up on myself. People who spoke truth over my life when all I could hear were the lies. People who let me borrow their faith when mine was faltering. People who fought for me when I couldn't fight for myself. People who held space for both my hurt and my healing. If you're listening and you're one of those people, thank you. I love you and I'm so thankful God placed you in my life. You're a part of my healing story. So here I am. May 31st, 2023. Today is a new day. Yes, I still wrestle with depression and anxiety, but the heaviness of darkness has lifted so I can see light again. I'm learning how to cope with pain rather than trying to numb it away. I'm still recovering from an eating disorder, 
But what I once thought I would never heal from has become something I am healing from. I'm still receiving treatment for Lyme disease, and although I'm still in pain, progress has been made along the way. I'm still in counseling, I still meet with doctors, and I still take medication for my mental and physical health. And I'm okay with that. I'm thankful. I've realized that asking for help doesn't diminish my faith or make me weak. In fact, it has strengthened me. I've found that there is strength in seeking help through the things that God has given me to aid in my healing. Doctors, medication, counseling. I'm not ashamed to receive help. I think it's brave. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share my story. This is just a glimpse into what I've walked through. There are parts of my story that I'm not ready to share yet. Someday, but not today. Instead, I want to share with you 10 truths that the God-given people in my life shared with me over the last four years. Truths that have helped carry me and been a lifeline in my healing. Number one, speak the truth out loud. My mom reminds me of this all the time. She says, speak life. When you're in a dark place, it's hard to find any sort of life in what feels like a dying situation. You can try to think positive life-giving thoughts all day long, but things change when we speak the truth out loud so that we can hear it and our heart can internalize it. Dark places are a breeding ground for lies. There was a time when I had to speak the truth even when I didn't believe it at all, even when my words were only a whisper. Eventually, the lies will no longer have power. Truth will. Number two, choose your hard. This is something my amazing counselor reminds me of often. In moments when I'm faced with a difficult choice and there's no easy route to take, she reminds me to choose my hard, to choose the hard that leads to healing. She also reminds me that hard does not equal impossible, and hard is not a bad thing. I found that hard is a part of healing. Number three, labels do not define you. This is something my counselor has helped instill in me. For years, I let every diagnosis define me. They became like a scarlet letter on my chest. They were my identity, one that I clung to for a long time because I didn't know who I was. But as I started to uncover the real me, I realized that those things weren't me at all. I struggle with depression and anxiety, but they are not who I am. I have an eating disorder, but I am not my eating disorder. My counselor helped me separate myself from them so that I could clearly see me again. Ultimately, I am who God says I am. I am loved, forgiven, redeemed, whole, new, beautiful, and set free. Number four, we don't heal in isolation. In my darkest moments, all I wanted to do was run and hide from everyone and everything. But isolating myself from the people who loved me only made me fall deeper into despair and loneliness. Run to the safe, trustworthy people in your life. We can't do life alone. We aren't meant to. Number five, let others be your vision until yours comes back into focus. My mom said this to me during a season when I couldn't see clearly. Fear and darkness were consuming my mind and I couldn't see the truth standing right in front of me. Sometimes you need to allow others to speak the truth over your life when you can't see it for yourself. Sometimes you need to lean on someone else's faith and trust them to fight for you in prayer. It's okay to need help. 
It's okay to let others be your vision until yours comes back into focus. Number six, you can't selectively numb. When you numb out the pain, you numb out the joy. I spent years trying to numb out the deep pain I was experiencing. But while I was numbing out the pain, I was also numbing out the life-giving things in my life. Relationships, moments, memories, joy, life itself. When you numb one, you numb them all. It's okay to feel, even if feeling is painful. I learned that the greater pain is in not feeling anything at all. Number seven, feelings aren't facts. Feelings are valid. Feelings are real. Feelings are valuable and essential. But feelings aren't always truth. I spent a lot of time living based on how I felt in any given moment. But feelings change. They're circumstantial and not based on facts. Rather than living by your feelings, live based on what's true regardless of your circumstance. Number eight, you can't heal in hiding. I spent a long time hiding, hiding my pain and hiding how I was coping with my pain. It left me isolated, afraid, ashamed, and more desperate than before. My counselor once said to me, what's hidden in darkness can't heal. My pain persisted in the dark. Hiding hinders healing, but God can heal what you're hiding. But you need to come out of the dark shadows and into the light. Come out of hiding. Number nine, Jesus loves you and he won't change his mind. I'll never forget when a close friend and mentor spoke these words to me. I was facing a heavy weight of shame and guilt. I had let my past sin and mistakes define me. Hopelessness filled every fiber of my being. I wanted to give up. I thought the decisions I had made in the midst of my pain disqualified me from God's love. But she reminded me that what I've done does not dictate his love. It's unconditional. It's unwavering. It's eternal. He loves me. He loves you. And he won't change his mind. Number 10, I'm worth it. I'm worth fighting for. I'm worth taking the time to heal. I'm worth seeking help. I'm worth loving. I'm worth living another day. For years, I wrestled with my worth to the point where I didn't think my life was worth living at all. But I'm so thankful for the people in my life who reminded me that I was worth it to them and that if I couldn't fight for myself, they would fight for me. Eventually, I realized that even if I didn't see my worth, Jesus did. He died for me because he thought I was worth it, worth loving, worth living, worth giving his life for. You are worth it to him too. Your life is worth fighting for. I hope that sharing my story encourages you to share your own story. You matter, your life matters, and your story can make an impact that matters for eternity. Through your story, I believe that God can do immeasurably more than all you could ever ask or imagine. You're loved. You're forgiven and free. You're enough. You're worth it. You're going to be okay. Your story isn't over yet. Perhaps today is a new beginning.